Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to episode 131. We made it. We made it all the way to August. It's August the 2nd, if you're watching this on drop date. And uh, so that's usually the official, unofficial, I should say, end to summer for us. Kind of. If you have school kids. Yeah. School starts back this week. Oh. So. You, You meant summer vacation. Yeah, yes. I was like, "How did we have a different d- date for the seasons?" No, no, no. Than no. Well, it it's what like September twenty second or something, something like, like that. that. It doesn't matter. But some, be summer hot. weather actually keeps going until Thanksgiving, yeah, pretty much or around Christmas here, at least. or whenever, or whenever it decides. And yeah. you know, Thanksgiving's a fifty fifty shot. It could be kind of chilly, oh, yeah. or it could be yep. eighty five degrees outside. Yep, that's right. I've had I've been through some Christmases that were hot. Oh yep. gosh! I think this last Georgia. Christmas wasn't wasn't hot, but it was warm. It was warm. It's global warming. Yeah, we, we, yeah. Could, we should talk about that sometime. Yeah, but we question won't. it. Yeah, Cli- climate change, not global warming. Yeah, yes, oh, there's a difference. Oh yeah, because it's not necessarily that. It's, it's just that the climate is changing. The cl- climate is changing uh, overall. Because anytime it snows, then people go. See, there's no global warming. Got it. See, I'm not up on all the terminology. I'm (laughs) just, I am not a scientist. I I pretend to be a preacher, and that's about (laughs) it. So, speaking of that, uh, for those of you who are new to this podcast, uh, my name's Jason, this is Ed, and this is Nathan, and we are part of the teaching team here at Community Christian Church, and we do these podcasts every week, answering your questions to try to help us think more biblically, more like in line with Jesus and how he would think and act in our world. And we've got another one of those questions, a, uh, a, a I think a very uh, heartfelt, sincere question, as if they're not all that. Yeah, but, some of them you can tell are just funny. But this one, I, I sense, <laughs> I sense the, uh, I sense the a little bit in somebody they really need to us to help them figure this out. A little bit of worry, a little bit of fear, maybe in this mm-hmm. question. So mm-hmm. hopefully we can uh, put some of that to rest mm-hmm. for you today. So uh, again, an anonymous person did not leave their name, uh, but we answer it anyway. So <laughs> we're going to answer this one for you. Here's the question. I've been a Christian my entire life. However, I've not always lived like a follower of Jesus. Even now, as a grown adult who's trying to follow him, there are things I can't seem to get right. And at times, I really fall. I want him to say, well, good, well done, my good and faithful servant, to me someday. But I'm afraid there will be a point when he is so disappointed in me that he'll decide that I can't get it right and I have not been a good servant. Is this possible? And what tips can you share for getting and staying on track? So like I said, I just want to acknowledge the, a little bit of concern that I can hear in that sure. question for somebody. Sure. Um, you sound like, to me, a person that is, um, I would say, is, is convicted over sin in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I say that as a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, one of the signs uh, of God's spirit within us. I believe that's what the Bible teaches us. Right. Is when when that becomes uh, something that we grieve over and something we are concerned over, it is a sign of God's spirit doing his work within us. Um, so I wrote down a couple of notes to kind of guide us on maybe helping uh, this person um, find a little bit of peace in this feeling that they're having. Um, so there's this idea that I thought we might want to touch on um, of as how God feels about us and our sin mm. at this point in the way God chooses to deal with human beings. Mm. Um, you know, there's that passage of scripture that we've quoted here a lot. And I think 
it warrants us going back over that um, when Christ went to the cross, uh, as a result of what happened on the cross, God no longer deals with us on the basis of our sin. Let's unpack that for this person a little bit so that maybe they can get a little better perspective on how God sees them and their sin. So I, I think if God were dealing with us on the basis of our sin, and you guys can correct any of this, I'll go out and be the first one out. Mm. Um, typical way I think people think about that is, is there's a giant, like we've got a whiteboard sitting right in front of us here. And uh, on that whiteboard, most people think in heaven, there's good deeds I've done, and then there's bad deeds that I do. And uh, when God deals with me on according to my sin, that's sort of the standard of that. God's constantly marking up on my board, good and bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, even as a follower of Christ, they, we tend to think of God gives me a way to forgive my sin. So if I ask for forgiveness, Slate's clean. He, he wipes it clean. But if there's something I forget to them, that one stays up there. Mm. But the way I understand uh, at least a part of what happened uh, through Jesus on the cross is that God no longer has that kind of relationship with human beings. Yes. He is not judging us on the basis of our sins. He's judging on us on the basis of our relationship with Jesus, yeah. who paid for the sins of the world. Yes. So that's what I mean when I say <laughs> God no longer deals with us on the basis of our sins. He is not... He does not have that kind of relationship. Now, if you choose, that's the way you want to relate to God and you don't want to go through Jesus. Mm-hmm. You want to try to earn it. You want to try to... God God still isn't dealing with you on that basis, but you can't have a relationship with God outside of Jesus. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you remind me of... I've said this to many people um, over the years. Um, I, I, I started out in my life, grew up with that relationship or that type of approach mm-hmm. to relating to God. And, I, and I've told um, people this in my, uh, many times in small group and things. I grew up with this attitude that, and it was taught to me in church, that like you said, Ed, um, there's, a, there's a record right. kept by God. And I am responsible for giving, almost giving God the permission to wipe it clean. Right. Uh, and it all depended on how many of those black marks on the on the board I could acknowledge and ask for forgiveness of because he was just waiting. Right. And if I didn't ask, so I, I literally went to bed at night as a child. And part of my regular prayer time was, mm-hmm. God, forgive me of this sin, this sin. I'll try to list them all. And then I'd get to the end and I'd say, and God, I know there's some I forgot. Could you please forgive me of the sins that I forgot to mention that's that right. I don't even remember that I did because I, I was so scared. someone tell me that that's what that verse in uh, Romans where Paul says that the Holy Spirit intercedes with groans. Oh, uh, yeah. He knows I've heard that as well. Is that, mm-hmm. that the whole purpose of the Holy Spirit is he prays for the sins you forgot to Mm-hmm. confess and I remember as a kid being very uh one comforted by that because I was so scared of that yeah. uh but then also being very confused by it mm-hmm. uh, as far as is God's primary relationship with me trying to get me to act right mm-hmm. and yep. if if so it honestly in I think in high school I would have said I was almost a little resentful of God towards that mm-hmm. that it felt like a very conditional relationship 
Um, and I knew I couldn't uphold my part of the bargain. And my personality is I don't ever want to apologize. Um, and so I find myself justifying a lot of my behavior as, oh, that's not really sinful. So I don't even have to bring that up to God. Hmm. And it becomes this very, uh, I can relate to the part where I want God to say to me, well done, oh, yeah. good and faithful sure. servant. And that was my goal was if mm-hmm. I could get to the end of my life and I had done well, that that wasn't something that God said to anybody who had kept the faith. That was something God said to extra special people who had kept mm-hmm. the faith. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if I, if the, the, there were certain people who were going to get, there are certain people who are going to get into heaven, but not get the well done, good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. And there were some people who were going to get that and that. And I remember almost, I remember being taught that some that you're going to get a better mansion in heaven, yeah. you're going to get more crowns and you know more jewels in your crown, all those kind of things. And I remember really holding on to this idea that what that meant was somehow I would have a higher status in the in the um, you know this was all very childlike thinking. So I don't even know I thought that part through, but that was the feeling I had was that there was a hierarchy in heaven, and I would get a little bit better of a place in heaven mm-hmm. than everyone else mm-hmm. if I had done well. And it would really embarrass me that my brothers were high, in a higher so hierarchy good. than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can I, everything. I don't really have anything to add to the explanation you guys have, but I can relate to that feeling. Yeah. Sure. Well, I, I also I, I think we have to come down to you know the the way of the slate, the slate idea. I think the reason it's so recurrent and it happens, it's. It's pretty much the way of all human religions. Sure. Mm-hmm. And well, many I, human relationships. And yeah. well, I was going to say, I think the reason is, is because it makes sense to us because it is the way most of us relate to absolutely everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't say it, but I'm keeping, I'm keeping a record of how good you've been to me and how many wrongs you do. And it's really hard for us to imagine that there is a relationship where that's not true, mm. that there is just a, because we don't have many of the, including, including with children, mm-hmm. yeah. that we don't have that kind of relationship. I had a conversation not long ago with uh, someone that was talking about uh, forgiving someone, well, as a spouse, forgiving a spouse or something, not even a very big thing. In fact, the person was saying, they were doing to me what I know I've done to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they said, but for whatever reason, I'm having a hard time with it. And I said, well, you know, for the follower of Christ, the whole thing about forgiving comes down to, do you want to live in a world where forgiveness exists? And if you want forgiveness for yourself, the only way to live in that kingdom is to offer it freely. Uh, Because when people come to me who are not followers of Christ and are struggling with something bad that's happened to them, and they say, I want to learn how to forgive, I always start with, have you received the forgiveness of Jesus? And they say, well, I'm still trying to figure that out. And I say, unfortunately, I don't have a good reason for you to forgive other than it might help you feel better. But I get why it's hard for you to get there because the only way it makes sense to me to forgive is I have been forgiven and I am offering to you what has been offered to me. Mm-hmm. And so I try more and more in my life uh, as much as I can to live in a world where I also don't deal with p- people on the basis of their sins mm-hmm. well, uh, is really difficult. Oh, it's sure. a, almost, I'm, I'm not good at it. Yeah. But, well, in that verse that you're talking about where he says uh, that it's in 2 Corinthians 5 where, where Paul says, in G- uh, through Christ Jesus, God reconciled the world, no longer counting sins against them. 
And then his point is, therefore, God has given you that ministry That's right. to, mm-hmm. to enact it, that the way that you embrace it is that you go and you enact it. Which really does get to good news. I have a lot mm-hmm. of people, you know, the idea that good news is uh, God wanted to kill me, but instead he killed Jesus. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah know, that's right. That's a hard, but to say that God, God no longer, because of what Jesus did, he no longer deals with us according to our sins. So everything that's gone wrong in your life, everything that you continue to mess up in your life, God just loves you and wants to help you get that right. He's not, he's not taking those into account. He wants to empower you to live the right way. Mm. That you can, in fact, have the power of God at work in your life to overcome all of those things. Now, there may be things you need to do mm. specifically because I don't know if you have this down. I want to talk to the person about a, a habitual sin. If there's, sure. a, if there's something in your life that you, you, you look at and you've confessed the same thing a hundred times, there are ways the Bible talks about to deal with that. And, mm-hmm. there, and you may not have wanted to do that. But if you want some help, you said, how do we get on track? I'll talk about that in a minute. But this idea of when you say there's a way to get over it, I have found very few people that go, there's a way that you could have a great marriage and a great relationship with your kids. There's a way that you can do great relationships with your neighbor and you can make a difference in this world and you can have a feeling of peace and love and joy and, and, and happiness in your life. That is possible because of Jesus. That sounds like good news. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. sounds like good news. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I wrote down that I thought would be important to, to point out that I, I hear in this question um, as I was reading it was it it sounds like um, what we kind of described there in the very beginning. Many of us believe and we, we live as if the way to maintain or obtain a relationship with God is directly tied to how well I get it right. Right. And what I wrote down is a note to, to deal with that, because I think that's the premise of the question. Mm-hmm. I, I really feel that's where you're, whether you've consciously thought through that or not, whoever wrote this, I, I think that's where the premise of the question comes from. But what I wrote down is, you getting it right is not about m- obtaining or maintaining a relationship with God as much as it is about you enjoying the benefits of the relationship with God you already have. Yeah. Sure. And... I think that's what what you guys were touching on is this posture that God has with us now. The problem is, is that we we have distorted what that looks like, and therefore we are not we can't live in it. Yeah, we we have this idea almost, or maybe this is not where you're going. What I heard you, where my mind jumped, yeah, go ahead. whether you're going or not, is. Jesus did his part. Now you got to do your part. Jesus made a way, mm. but the rest of this is on you. Yeah. It, and and God's going to forgive you, but you got to do your part. You got to grab your bootstraps mm-hmm. and and get to work on this. And the truth is, all of it's God's part. Yeah. All, all I have to do is remain connected to the vine. Mm. And over time, if I do the things that allow me to remain connected to Jesus, he will grow me, mm-hmm. and I will I will have a growing sense of love, joy, peace, and patience, and kindness in my life. I will. I've experienced that, though I have been right where this person is, mm-hmm. even as a pastor. Yeah. I have lived that life while trying to help other people find Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's because if there is habitual sin in your life, it makes me have so much shame that I don't want to abide with Jesus. I feel mm-hmm. so much shame mm-hmm. that I don't want to connect 
But Jesus has given me ways to deal with that. And a part of that's called the body of Christ. Yeah. I have to also lean, lean into my brothers and sisters in Christ, which is another part of God's gift to me. That's part of the abiding that it you're talking is. about. It is. And we've talked about this. There's also that phrase we've used a lot around uh, here that um, there's a difference between training and trying mm-hmm. um, when it comes to following Jesus. I, I, am, I am constantly in training to learn how to live in the way of love, the way of Jesus, that does require some discipline on my part. Yep. It does require some things for me to do. Um, but it is that is a different thing than me just white-knuckling it, as the, as the addict community uh, tells us, white-knuckling uh, righteousness and goodness so that I could somehow get God to do... Do what I know he says he'll do as, as a bargain for me. That's right. You know, if I if I live a certain way or I you know don't do the the things that people who are you know the bad folks do, then somehow God will then I get that thumbs up from God. Um, and as you were talking, Ed, it 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 brought to my mind just the picture that Jesus paints when he tells the story of the prodigal son. Um, the the son leaves and goes off, and then reaps the benefits of what he's done, but the posture of the father never, ever changed. Never changed. And that was revealed when the son realized what he was doing and turned around and said, all right, I'm coming back. And there was no, well, all right, but yep. have you changed? Right. There, there was none of that talk. It was always, well, you, you've been a son the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've just now come back into the, to the, uh, benefits of what what being what sonship looks like or what being a child of God looks like. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, there's a subtle difference there, and I think a lot of people have a hard time. I, that's what I hear in this question too. of of separating what that looks like. So um, so to get at what I think the ultimate uh, part of the question was, um, the person asked is, you know, I said I'm afraid there comes a point when God gets so disappointed that He just decides. He's done with me. I think we sort of touched on that, that that, that isn't the posture God takes no. on us. So their question is, first of all, they say, is that possible? But then they say, well, how can, what are some tips you can share for me to, in their words, stay on track? And I, I don't, you know, the first things, and again, Jason already alluded to the attic community. There's so mm-hmm. much wisdom. And I, I know people who don't live this, don't, don't want to even put themselves, I don't know why it is. People can see that, I mean, it's a, there's a person that Jason and I know very well who has struggled with a, a substance for a while and for the last, not even year yet, has gone into training to mm-hmm. not struggle and his life is flourishing Yeah, and his hope is flourishing and his love is flourishing, his joy is all the things that Jesus promised. And I decided a long time ago, if it works for these extreme things, it will work for everything, so it requires you to lean into the community. And so when it says in James, we have to confess our sins one to another, mm. you're going to have to find some people you trust. and You're going to have to stop trying to do this deal by yourself. Now, I don't even know if that's the case, yeah. but I know with deeply shaming habitual sins, we almost always want to confess to God and never tell anybody else mm-hmm. or tell other people in lighthearted kind of ways, never yeah. in or accountability, which means ask me if I failed, not help me stay on track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which there is a difference. There's a difference between, hey, ask me next Sunday if I screwed up. 
and and hey, would you call me every morning and let's talk about this and let's get on track? Like you know, in that community, you get somebody and you say, hey, we're going to do thirty meetings in thirty days, and you're going to do this. You're going to focus on this issue. You're going to get a habit established in your life. Mm-hmm. So you have to decide: Do I want to be done with this? But that's a part of it. Will will the will the father be mad at you if you don't know? But you may not experience the joy that you could have of living in the father's house if mm. you decide, which I'd love for you to, to get rid of this feeling of shame. That, yeah, me too. That it feels like you have, whether you do or not. And it makes me wonder about the, this, the person who asked this question. I, I just would ask you, I wonder, do you have a, a place in your life, a community of, of, of brothers and sisters close around you who are close enough to remind you of the things that we are just talking about, because uh, that's so important, and 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 not in the super. And Ed's already sort of alluded to that superficial way where we all kind of sit around in a, in a room and we go, "Well, we all are sinners. We're not perfect." That's right. And then we just move on and talk about something else. I'm talking about when when the community that we've tried to commute uh, to, to cultivate in our discipleship groups is where I look at a, a, another brother in Christ and and we we just lay it out there right exactly what um, what I'm struggling with what I what where the p- parts of my life that are not in line with what I know God wants for me and I can say I'm I failed and then somebody looks and go yeah you have however here's how God feels about you come on back and there's a there's that constant reminder that I get from a real person that is the voice of the Holy Spirit for me that reminds me of God's posture towards me so that I get that reinforced in my life so that I'm not, as Ed said, if you're doing this by yourself, the reinforcement you're probably getting, because there is someone else there with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's the enemy, and he he would more than happy to feed you the lie that, yeah, God's pissed off at you, and God don't want nothing to do with you anymore. come a day when he's done with he's you. He's going to, you know, because that's how that's how everybody else does you in your life. You you go too far. You, you do too much. You, you burn them too many times, and they just walk away. God's the same way, and He's happy to fill your heart and li- mind with those lies. I, again, I would just ask, do you have a community of believers who can remind you of the truth? Because that's important. If you don't, that may be something that would help. So, um, yeah, that's all i got to say about that. <laughs> I know for sure that if you don't have a community like that, you are always going to struggle to follow Jesus. I. Mm-hmm. You have got to find a community of faith that you are willing to be honest in. And uh, you can read all the devotionals you want. You can study the scripture as much as you want. If you don't have a group of brothers and sisters that you can lean into and you can be honest with, and when you confess something, they say, hey, we're with you, Mm -hmm. and you should know God forgives you, and so do we. Mm -hmm. Hearing those words said out loud and that you have support it makes all the difference in the world, mm-hmm. and that's sort of what we're we you know just a, uh, recently we started this ser- series on the church and how essential it is. This is what we're talking about. And I remember in that first um, service where we started that series, I stood up and I said to our uh, auditorium, our crowd that day, I said, you know, look around you. Is there anybody you know that is? struggling or rejoicing and you rejoice with them or you mourn with them. And and then I'll follow that up by saying, but if you look around and you realize I don't have anyone that I I know them well enough in the body of Christ to know those things so that I can rejoice with them or I can mourn with them, 
then the truth is probably that you are not fully abiding in in Christ through His church. Right. And so many times we we separate those two, and that's what that's another thing we've been talking about in this series is, you know, we think that there's this private spirituality that's good enough, and then there's the bonus where I could get involved with other believers in the church, and that would be okay. But this really is what God cares about. Mm-hmm. And those two, if, if you you spend enough time in, in the scriptures, those two things are not separated. Yep. Mm-hmm. We don't have the luxury of separating those two in our lives. And so um, well, I think I, that's key. Yeah, and I think it's, I mean, I just think it is the nature of how we're made. So I think, I think you just don't experience, you don't experience uh, the fullness of life with God without the community. And um, there's a way in which private spirituality, um, and I was thinking about it while y'all were talking um, about even just the idea of really wanting the well done, good, good and faithful servant. One, um, that's a parable. That's not a promise. <laughs> so there is no indication we have that. That's what Jesus is waiting is a ticker tape parade to say, look at all the great things you personally did. Um, and I had to confront myself a lot. You know, one of the part of that language or really the point of that story is uh, we're just servants. Yeah. And, um, when you get to the end of it, there is no hierarchy in how well I did or how bad I did. It really is that we come in and, you know, Paul in almost all of his writings would say, I'm a servant or I'm a slave of the Lord Jesus. Um, And I I realized at one point for me, so I'm just speaking for me, um, that you, you talked about the prodigal son story. There's a part of me that would prefer to be a servant than a son because a servant gets stickers when they do well. They get a lot of, look at what you did. And a son is just accepted because of who they are, that they're just loved, that they are the object of their father's affection. And I think when we arrive in heaven, um, all of the focus is going to be on God and not on me, and that he will become the full object of my affections. That's at least what I hope will be true. And maybe by the time you get to heaven, you won't be worried whether you get well done, good and faithful servant that you will have arrived and God will say, come in son or daughter of the king, come inherit the kingdom that's been waiting for you. And the community helps me to do that because what a community does is it, it, it forces humility into my life. It forces me to remember, you know, where, we, and I know it's probably difficult for you to confess things. It's also really difficult when you're the person who stands up on stage to look at another person and to say, Hey, look, mm-hmm. uh, I, I really fail at this. Uh, and there's a humility that is incredibly necessary and that you want the people who stand up on stage to have um, because a, a lot of times in our world where people who stand up on stage and then you find out a scandal has come out has been because they did not have that in their life. Right. And yeah. there is a way to promote certain levels of servanthood <laughs> over others. And so I'm not saying that's your point. Yeah. Uh, in saying this, I'll say it was my point my whole life was maybe maybe one day I could impress Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe one day Jesus would go, oh, man, look at him. He's knocking it out of the park. And then I realized eventually I may impress Jesus at times. We see certain parts where Jesus is amazed by people's faith. But if my goal is to impress Jesus, I don't think that impresses him very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so because um, even that centurion who does, he comes and says, I'm just a servant. Like, like I have men who serve under me. It's that posture of humility and need and dependence 
that is fostered in a community that you don't get anywhere else. When it's a private spirituality and all I have to do is learn what are the six practices I have to do to root this sin out of my life? And what are the things, what are the things I have to pray to make it happen? What are the things I have to take out to get this sin out of my life? And it does not require me to look face to face with another person and say, I am a weak and a needy sinner and and I need God's grace and I need I need your help. Um, you may never root it out, or you may root that out, and what you find out is the pride you have yes. is a much deeper sin, and that you'll never feel the sting of that, and that may be worse for you. So I would say, and as a final word, sort of wrap this up um, to to the one who asked this question, or if anybody resonated with that question that's uh, that's watching, tuned in today, um, and you're you've got some questions about what that looks like, um, you know, and you you fully recognize, which we had this past Sunday, uh, we had somebody come up right after the message and, and say, you know, you were right, I'm I'm not abiding, and and so what do I need to do? This we had se- we 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 do this several times throughout the, the weeks. I mean, people come and, and if you're at that point, um, reach out to us. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that's 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 what we're doing here together. Is we're we're walking people into community together and figuring out together how to live that out. So um, if if that's something you sense as we were talking that's missing from your life, that maybe that that might be the thing that you, you're, you're missing. I don't know because I don't know who you are. Right. Maybe you do have that. You just need to lean more into it I, again. But if you, you sense that that's something missing, reach out to us. Send us a message. Um, comment on this video or podcast or whatever. Let us know. Um, we'd love to... Uh, help you uh, walk that uh, that path. So, all right. Y'all got anything else before I wrap this up? That's good. All right. So, uh, next week, got another question. Uh, so, I, I forgot what it is, or I'd give a preview. <laughs> I always try to give a preview, and then uh, sometimes I just I just blank. I, I forget what next week is, but okay. it, I have it written down. We're gonna, we're going to get after it. But so you guys tune back in. We will be answering. We got a, we got another uh, good list ahead of us. So those of you who have sent in questions, uh, be patient. We try to get to them every week. And if yours is down on the list, I, I guarantee you it'll come eventually. If you subscribe and ring the bell, you don't have to worry about what the next one is. It'll just come It'll to just you. come to you automatically. So y'all do that. So, all right. We will see you again next week.